This is Limit Up, the show where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology so that you can take your trading to the next level. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Limit Up podcast, which is presented by Top Step Trader. I'm joined by Dan Hodgman. I'm Jack Pelzer. Um, it's late October, it's the election. It's getting a little cooler out. A lot going on, Dan. How you been? Oh, good. I'm uh, trying to get used to the cold weather. I'm rocking the the lined flannel jacket, trying to keep warm. Yeah, it looks like something that uh, Paul Bunyan would wear you got on there. I got a big collection of these. I bet. It kind of fits your whole style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flannels and Dan, they go hand in hand. Indeed they do. And uh, yeah, as we get to that kind of part of the season, um, the markets, man, they've been, Ooh. yeah. Kind of, we, uh, you know, they've fallen kind of range bound, which we all expected. I honestly didn't expect the surge that we saw over the last couple of weeks, but man, I've kind of stumbled back a little bit, taking a step back. Um, we're shaping up. We're watching this VIX keeps climbing higher. We're shaping up for a hell of a beginning of November. Yeah, I would say so. It only comes every uh, four years you get something like this, and this is a little bit little extra juice in the VIX, I would say, as we've talked about. I was going to say, and this, this four years is a little bit more heated, a little bit more intense, so should really add to uh, a level of fun here. You know, it's easy to experience those emotions of intense and heatedness and things like that, but Dan, wouldn't it be great if we could all just be a little bit happier? Well, hey, you know what? Um, Mr. All Right, All Right, All Right himself came out and said uh, yesterday and said, hey, and I, I don't listen to celebrities too much on the election stuff. They all, you know, say, go out and vote. Great. Support the idea of doing your civil duty. Um, but he said, I just hope at the end of all of this, when it's done, everyone just accepts it and we get back to living normal life together in unison. <laughs> like, stop the divide. And I was like, I cannot argue that one bit. I think, uh, yeah, you know, Matthew McConaughey right now, I believe, is in the process of writing a book of promoting uh, it. He was, he said yeah. it, uh, he said it on Fox and Friends this morning or yesterday, um, while promoting his book Green Works or something like that. Green Light. Green yeah, I thought Little. it was kind of like a, a Tao of McConaughey, and uh, that's a perfect segue because our guest today is Oscar-winning actor uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, no. <laughs> No, but I was going somewhere with the happiness. Actually, we have someone just as great. Uh, we have the founder of Trade Happy, Jacob Rudge, or Jake Rudge, as you know, we're kind of on that friendly zone there. Uh, yeah, but he was nice enough to join us from uh, Leicester, England, in the UK. And uh, I looked up beforehand how to pronounce that, so I did not sound like a... Uh, silly American. Silly American. <laughs> a wanker. <laughs> I uh, I unfortunately like lost all internet for about an hour and a half during that interview, so I'm bummed I wasn't able to sit down and get to know him, but uh, I'm looking forward to listening to this conversation. Yeah, uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, I think people always like when uh, we kind of go into the emotional aspects of trading and trading psychology, and um, before we get started, it's probably a good time to plug uh, starting... Next week or the week after, we're going to get back into our market therapy series where uh, the good Dr. Meneker will be joining John Hoagland to talk specifically about trading psychology. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bummed we're not going to be able to have it go today, but uh, John will be back in office by next week, so that'll be good. 
yeah, old John is on the mend, and he's back, and uh, we're glad to see him. And uh, that's enough to be happy about. So uh, why don't we get this fun started now with our uh, interview today with Jake Rudge from Trade Happy. We'll see you afterwards. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by uh, Top Step Trader. I'm Jack Pelzer. Dan Hodgman is having internet issues, so he's not going to be here. But uh, thankfully, we are joined instead by uh, Jacob Rudge, who's the founder of Trade Happy, all the way from Leicester, England. Jacob, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. And I was uh, actually excited to talk to you today because I feel like we've gotten a little bit on the uh, pessimism train the last couple of weeks <laughs> in the last few episodes. So when I saw that uh, you were about finding joy or happiness in trading, I was kind of excited to talk to you. Uh, but before we get to that, maybe you just want to introduce yourself to everyone um, and myself, actually. Okay. So my name's Jacob. Um, as you mentioned, I'm from Leicester in the UK. Um, I started trading basically when I found my first job, um, early 2017. I really didn't like the job at all. Um, so I tried to find a way of making money outside of the job. So of course I went for football betting, probably not the best one to go for, but yeah, I thought, you know what, you could double your money after a football game, um, which is quite nice. And then after doing that for a few months, I realized it was maybe a little bit too risky. And then I found trading from that. Yeah, I thought you were going to say uh, you being in Leicester. What was the year where they won it at 200 or 300 to 1 odds or whatever, won the Premier yes. League? Yeah, I'm lucky I wasn't on that um, bet, to be uh, truthful. Oh, I wish man. I was. I, I don't think many people were. So was the job that you were in at that time, was it even trading adjacent or was it something completely different and you were just trying to find a new thing that you like to do? Yeah, it wasn't. It was far from trading um it was admin at like a water company in the uk it was basically like a three-month contract very very short-term thing um i just got out of college and yeah that was the first job i had and i really didn't like it yeah that's a common thread among a lot of uh, first jobs out of college <laughs> yes <laughs> i've heard from people so um when you decide you go from the kind of uh football betting into trading a little bit what sort of products did you get started with um i started with stocks just because that's the first thing that i found um i can't remember exactly how i came across trading but i can remember i read naked forex so i didn't really make the connection of forex trading and that book i just kind of thought it was a universal thing so i could go and trade stocks with that as well um so i put 500 quid into an account and I lost it all on one trade. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then that did make me think as well, if I can lose this much on one trade, I can also make this much on one trade. Um, and then that's just kind of how I got into learning how to trade. That's really cool. So I think a lot of people have that initial first experience and I wish they didn't where you open up a brokerage account and then you blow it out. I know the the founder of our firm blew through I think like three pretty big accounts first. Um, it's cool that you kind of took that as a learning opportunity. Uh, so how do you kind of do things now to, do you risk a certain percent on trades or what are you doing as far as risk management to make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah. So I use um, C Trader. I'm not sure if um, there's many traders that use C Trader. I know that MetaTrader is kind of the main thing, 
Um, but I use CTrader, so it, whenever you place a trade, you can see the percentage of risks that you're putting on a certain trade. So depending on the trade that I'm taking, I'll then adjust risk to do with that trade. Um, typically, I'll go for 1%, maximum 2%. Yeah, that's smart. You definitely don't want to be doing that 100% like in no. the first account. <laughs> and I think that's one of the hardest things that when we talk to retail traders is that because 1% to 2% a day or something like that, that's smart risk management. It's not sexy. <laughs> something we say a lot, uh, especially when a lot of people that get into it, they look at these stories of these legendary traders or they saw the big short or something and they mm. want to make a billion dollars. But... <laughs> Man, it's just not that likely to happen. That's what makes it difficult. You got to kind of build that consistency first. So the thing, as I mentioned earlier, that stands out the most is you have this company called Trade Happy. And uh, the byline I love that you're trying to combine trading education with well-being and happiness. Could you tell us a little bit about that? And I'm actually really excited to talk about sort of... Uh, the trading psychology and finding happiness in this. So maybe you tell us a little bit about it and then we'll jump in. Okay. So basically I made trade happy just because there wasn't really anything out there that was dealing with that kind of side of trading because trading can be very, very stressful. And there's a lot of trading education out there that's teaching you how to actually trade. But then once you can trade, you need to make sure that, you know, you're not stressed. You're not taking out on, family and friends or whatever, you're not getting overwhelmed with trading. And there's not really much point in learning how to trade and make money if you're not going to be happy uh, whilst doing it. So um, yeah, I made it just to basically try and help some people that wanted a little bit more than just learning how to trade. Yeah, I um, met a lot of people back in the day. You know, I used to work at a prop shop for seven years, something like that. And there was a lot of people who were just miserable the entire time that they're trading. And you kind of want to tell them that, you know, there's a lot of ways to make a living on earth. Don't, uh, yeah. don't do something that you just loathe. I mean, that's no way to go through things. Exactly. But I, I like the way that you're talking about education. Learning the how is kind of what, you know, everyone does. And I always like to go back to metaphors of, you know, high performers in other careers. Say we were talking about sports earlier. I mean, Anyone on the PGA tour or, you know, the NBA, most of them know very well how to swing a club or make a jump shot. But those like tiny differences beyond the mechanics, it's all a mental game. And that's what separates sort of the top performers, the people that can do it under pressure, the people that keep a calm mind. Uh, it's what kind of what separates them. So I think the psychological parts that like maybe the bigger part of trading more so than the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone knows how to place a trade and everyone, well, most... You would think anyway. so, but uh, yeah. <laughs> occasionally some, some folks surprise us. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you can learn how to trade, but, you know, psychology is a massive, massive part of trading. So if your psychology isn't good or your mindset isn't good, that's going to affect your trading. So if you can reduce the stress and, you know, improve your overall lifestyle, you'll make better trading decisions because of that. Could you give us maybe an example about some of the things um, you may do to go about sort of uh, trading happy or if you have any uh, sort of tips, tools of the trade? Um, I mean, obviously, like happiness itself comes down to the individual. So, for example, when we go over our students, 
we sit down with them and we go over their goals inside of trading, outside of trading. We talk about like their routines and things and whatever makes them happy or whatever they want to do, we try and kind of direct their trading around that. So happiness is the main thing and then trading can supplement that and um, help the traders to do it. Um, I think it's more about self-awareness. You need to be able to kind of take a step back and see what your life is now and what you want it to be and then make a plan to actually get to where you want to be because that end goal is going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Everybody's got a different place that they're uh, trying to get to. Um, speaking of where you've been too, I noticed that you have a uh, background in design and UX. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from some of the, there's some documentary I was watching on sort of design principles at some point too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a lot of, you know, a lot of crafting user experience is trying to make the happiest, you know, most delightful experience possible. Is that some of what you've carried over some of that from design the trading or how is your uh, kind of past studies influenced? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure how much of design comes into trading because they're both ones, um, I don't know, this is probably the wrong word, but like artsy-fartsy kind of thing. That's like the perception of it. No, no, that's a fine description. The perception of trading as being, you know, cold and analytical. Um, Obviously, that's not the case, but um, something that I brought from design is the creative aspect. So... When you're trading, you obviously you have problems. So, I don't know, maybe you have a problem entering the market. If you're creative, you can come up with a solution to that problem that can help you to uh, improve your entries. Um, so I think understanding how to become creative is something that can you know really help traders. Yeah, I mean, anything you're doing that's not involving creativity is something that could probably be pretty easily done by a, a computer algorithm. Yes. And those are the kind of trades, you know, we talk a lot about mistakes we see people making trying to almost act like a market maker or something in a game that's sort of at that level kind of been figured out by machines. Um, the creativity is really your value add as a human trader. So I think yeah. it's super important to cultivate that. Yeah. I think also going on to the other side of it, something that is negative also that I've kind of brought across with me would be perfectionism. Um, I think that there's a lot of designers that are perfectionists. So I think it's a good thing and a bad thing because obviously you're going to try and keep improving. But if you are a perfectionist in trading, you're always going to be looking for that new thing to improve on um, or the secret source or whatever. Yeah, I've definitely found trouble with sort of chasing perfection more you know when i was when i was trading professionally it was almost a little bit easier because the nature of the markets you kind of had to be in the moment there were no sort of deadlines if you know if you missed the unemployment number well you missed the unemployment number you know (laughs) better luck next time whereas as i've moved into doing more content production as a career it's super hard to put something out that you don't believe is perfect if you have that sort of mindset. So yeah, you have to strike that balance between perfection and 
getting stuff done, making trades. Exactly. Cool. Well, um, obviously even, even in England and all over, uh, 2020 has kind of sucked. Uh, (laughs) hasn't been a huge outpouring, I'd say of global happiness. Um, what have you found yourself kind of doing to cope with that? Or, you know, what is it, what's it been like to trade happy through an unhappy time? Um, I think it's, it's all about mindset really, because obviously there's, there's not been a lot of good stuff happening this year, but you can see this time as a problem or you can kind of take advantage of this time and learn more and put some more time into trading. Um, some of our students have done that and they have kind of like stepped up, um, and some haven't, but yeah, it's just about your mindset on whether you see things in a positive way and you keep improving in things, but it is, it is hard to stay positive, especially if you're trading on your own. So you don't have a community. It is harder to stay positive when, you know, everything's kind of shutting down. Sure. Yeah. And everything we do, even the things that we love, you know, trading or otherwise, even the things you love to do will occasionally not be fun to pursue. Yeah. How do you kind of see the difference between, and I think about this a lot with all sorts of stuff that I do, of kind of when you're still kind of having happiness overall, or when's it kind of time to call it quits? Is it ever like, this is a subjective question, but I was just kind of curious. Um, I think that you should quit if you're not happy with it, but obviously you are going to go through periods of not feeling great. But if it is a consistent thing of, you know, you're not, you're not happy trading or you're not happy doing something, then I, I would just, I would just stop because there's so many different ways of making money nowadays that you can try loads of different things. And I'm sure that you'll, you'll find something that you enjoy. And just because trading is, I would probably say one of the best, you know, jobs or whatever in the world, I, I do think that it's not for everyone. And if you're not happy doing it, then there's, there's plenty of other, other ways of making money. Yeah. I think it's got, it's got to be more than a couple bad days or whatever else. I think it's kind of hard to tell at what time you lose. I think sometimes people wait too long to pull the plug on something, you know, whether it's in a relationship there and that's not going well or trading or anything like that. Hmm. It's like important to figure out when something's not bringing you joy versus it stopped bringing me joy years ago and now I'm just doing it out of habit. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. not describing myself. Yeah. I'm happily married, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I see people who get burnt out and things, and then when they finally call it quits, it's a couple of years after they should have, just because it takes a lot of sort of, you know, it takes courage to move on from things, right? Yeah. To to change anything, it's always a painful experience. I do think that obviously, if someone's been doing it for a long time, then. Yeah, they should probably quit faster than they think. Um, maybe quit's the wrong word, but move on. But I think that if you're new to trading or new to something, you should give it longer than you actually think you should. Because obviously, if you're new to something, you're probably not going to understand it as as good as you probably think you do. Oh, sure. What, what's that called? The uh, And it'd be a real example for me to miss 
pronounce what's called the uh, the Dunning Kruger effect of it takes yes I yeah think so, so the curve um, the curve so it takes a certain amount of knowledge on a topic just to know you're not good at it yes um, <laughs> people who just start things tend to very much underestimate how much effort it takes to be good at it yeah. and it's only once you've learned it so that's you know why you'll see uh my mom is often guilty of you know she'll be watching like a professional basketball player miss a free throw and be like oh man i could have made that and it's like i don't think you could mom but uh (laughs) take you out to the gym and see (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but people underestimate that so i think you're right at the beginning you need to stick with something long enough that you're giving it an honest shot but then once you've been doing it for years you need to know what's gonna what's most productive for you going forward and that i think that takes a little bit more soul searching yeah i agree i agree with that so what's your day kind of look like now are you are you uh trading daily um yeah i am trading daily I mean, the thing with Trade Happy is um, we'll do like a live stream every morning. So that kind of keeps me in the routine of checking the charts. And then we'll also do like a session later on in the day. So then that means that I'm going to the charts again. Um, But outside of those two times, I'm not really looking at it um, just because I'm doing other things. But yeah, yeah, I I am checking the charts almost every day. And on your stream, you're trading FX? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's actually great. You know, we have the um, an FX program here, but one thing is that, so everyone here, all our performance coaches, we all came through the futures and options industry. And um, FX is the most popular market in the world. It just heavily skews towards um, outside the United States. So we're always looking for more resources to send people to as far as FX trading. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, so personally, I'm starting to kind of have a look at indices as well, just because there's a lot of traders that I know personally that are moving from the forex industry to indices just because you can get higher returns. Obviously, higher returns, higher risk. But yeah, I think that forex is obviously the most popular one. But I also think it's, it's one of, I don't want to say the hardest ones to learn because obviously, it, it's um, it's probably not, but I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions around forex, just because it's five trillion or six trillion whatever a day, people think that it's quite easy to just get a little slice of it. Sure. And what what do you think are some of the misconceptions? Just that people think it's something that could be easy, or yeah, I think it's mainly just around social media and obviously people posting pictures of Rolexes and. Lamborghinis and whatever, and they're trading on their phone, making like a thousand pound in a minute, whatever. And people that haven't looked into trading think that that's easy. Yeah, we we do see a lot of that, especially I I, I imagine it's somewhat because FX is more decentralized. It's not, but you do see a whole lot more of the sort of like get rich quick, open an account and double it. Versus you don't see that, I feel like, as much with futures. And no. yeah, I, I mean, I would tell anyone who's starting trading right away is like trading is damn hard. And 
it's unlikely, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the stats are there <laughs> to go online and you can see that, you know, something like uh, 10% of people who trade futures can do it profitably. And I think it's important to just know those things. That's true of a lot of industries, but yeah, I would never just start somewhere that was kind of promising something that's too good to be true because it probably is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's one of the, the other reasons that I made trade happy was I just thought that it was just a little bit unfair on people that didn't understand just how hard it was that so they were kind of being not tricked, but they were being shown things kind of behind the curtain almost. Yeah. I, d- I thought it was a little bit unfair on, on people that weren't in the industry looking outside to see people making thousand pounds. Like obviously you can, but it takes time to get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I noticed that, uh, you guys, is your podcast your own or is it through, uh, trade happy? It's through trade happy. All right. Uh, you want to tell us a little about that? What are you, what are you doing there? Just getting your happy face on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started it just because really I wanted a mentor in the trading industry and I reached out, I don't know, probably. I'd definitely say a hundred, 150 traders just saying, Hey, can I work for free? You know, I'll help you with anything. I just want to learn. And every single one of them just said no, or they didn't reply. <laughs> or they didn't reply. How, how, yeah. how were you finding it? Was this on like LinkedIn or YouTube or something or? LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everything. I mean, I was actually just messaging anyone. Uh, I wouldn't research anything like that. I just kind of, if I saw that they were trading, and they looked good, then I just messaged them. Probably not the best idea, but yeah, God knows. So I thought, okay, I'll come out of it from a different angle and I'll ask these people, can I interview on my podcast? And then I started just getting yeses. Um, so then I just create questions that I would want answers to if I was kind of looking to learn like I was. And uh, yeah, it, it's been really good. I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's always, uh, I find like with the podcast stuff, it's sometimes a little bit harder to get people who are, you know, just professional traders. Sometimes professional traders, contrary to what you would see in, um, you know, like the media portrayal sometime of them, I think a lot of them kind of just want to keep to themselves. Like I definitely had a, a feeling of like, oh, I recognize this when you we said you reached out to 150 traders that are probably <laughs> like banks and prop shops and what have you. And then just, yep. yeah. Um, it can, <laughs> a lot of them can be a little like, a little like Shrek, I would say the character. Yes. Um, but that's because when you can get a chance to talk to them, that's cool. Cause I think that's a side of the industry that there's not as many interviews or content on because, you know, the, the trading companies aren't media companies. And then a lot of times the real good trading companies want to keep what they do kind of, on the on the dl as we say in the states yes Uh, i know that's like certainly was the case at at, at the places i was at it was very like even if you go to the site now it's it's very ambiguous as to what exactly is going on um no but that's cool so how long you've been doing that for a while now or uh coming up to a year actually um let's say we're probably about two months one and a half months off hitting a year oh cool um yeah it's uh 
It's cool. I'm enjoying it. Nice. Well, uh, maybe as sort of a uh, to glean what you've learned from that, uh, we like to ask people sometimes what is you know the biggest tip they would give someone who is kind of getting started out in trading FX or futures or whatever else. Um, I guess kind of going on from what we were mentioning before with kind of fast money. I guess to just take your time. Um, I'm not talking about like a month in terms of taking your time, like give it a year and, you know, slowly work through it at your own pace and find a course. Cause it took me, I'd say two years to get to a stage where I could just about kind of break even. And that was, that was hard work. So I wish I kind of just got a course Yeah, because it would have taken a lot of the work out. Obviously it doesn't have to be mine doesn't have to be whatever um just pick a course and i'd say just go through it because it's going to take a lot of the a lot of the guesswork out of it um and then i'd say also listen to mark douglas and these kind of guys that have had years in the industry and given away information for free because that the stuff that these guys are putting out is really really good yeah um I'm, I'm a, so yeah, just take your time. I'm a huge believer in instruction and I've actually just, it's hard because the stuff costs money, but I was thinking in everything that I do, I've gotten way into like, for instance, this year I finally started just taking golf lessons and it's amazing how much the improvement was versus whatever else I was doing. And yes. on one hand, it's like there's sticker shock on all these things. They're expensive. But then again, trading and golf are both expensive hobbies that, you know, <laughs> if you're going to spend all this money on other, on other aspects of it is might as well get the best instruction that you can. And, exactly. um, but do your research, you know, like just like anything else, yeah. you need to do your research and figure out what's going to work best for you. But I highly encourage you to find some sort of program like Jacob mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people need to give it time as well. Cause you can go to like a prop firm, like, Obviously, you guys do it, FTMO do it. There's there's so many prop firms out there. And you can make six figures a year if if you're obviously good enough. So I think treat it almost like a, a university degree. So put three or four years into working and then go to a prop firm and, and uh, yeah, and then you can start making the money that you probably want to make. Yeah, I, I would encourage and once again, it's just from my personal experience, but like if, if you get and maybe it's because I need that sort of cap on my risk. But I think if you're really humming along, uh, you know, look into getting with a prop firm um, just because the resources that some of them have will help you if, 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 if you're really good, if you recognize that you are good and places will hire you, I mean they'll take a share of your profits but all the best traders that i know are you know eventually end up at a prop firm or some sort of trading desk so you can have those sort of advantages that's just my feeling on it maybe some other people out yeah. there are just killing it on their own but what uh what do you think is coming next right now man <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little bit worried about everything going on i could use a little uh happiness is there anything on the horizon that's cheering you up um i have no idea 
I mean, in the UK and Russia, um, things are still kind of not too good. Um, but, you know, Christmas is around the corner, so you've always got that to look forward to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, Christmas isn't that far away. And, yeah, I mean, maybe just take the time to learn something new or develop something. I think I will try and do that. Well, Jacob, uh, thank you a bunch for stopping by. If people want to uh, check out more of your stuff, is there a website or social media handle they can find you at? Yeah, so you can go on to tradehappy.co.uk or you can join our Discord community. I can send you a link or whatever. Oh, yeah, we can throw that in there. And, yeah, those. Uh, mm-hmm. it's good to have the accountability and kind of trade with other people. So if you can get involved in some Discord groups, I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. It's good. Well, Thank you for having me Of on. course, man. Thanks a bunch for stopping by and uh, stay happy. Have a nice uh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you too. All right. I'll talk to you later, Jacob. See you later. Thank you. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you, everyone, for making it to the uh, last wickets of the Limit Up podcast. I think I've said that one before, but... I don't think you've done the wickets. You may have done the yo, yo, yo before. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I don't know I did, about the wickets. I think I did something with the wickets back in the day before we were hosting this, and I was just kind of doing the outro. Um, but, you know, I've been to a cricket match once in Bermuda, and it was one of the coolest things I've gone to. It was like a two-day festival. There was gambling. It's sort of like their version of Independence Day, and the north side of the island plays the south side. Oh, that's side. so cool. Oh, it was great. Just great. You know, I can't say enough... Uh, once again, we're being sponsored by the Bermuda Tourism Board, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> I had a great time in Bermuda and it's not so far south that it's, you know, you can go there in the summer. It's great. You definitely can. Speaking of UK and England, I was just thinking back to the first time I was uh, in England was during Wimbledon and we went, actually went to Wimbledon and got to watch a couple matches. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, that's great. I I love London. I've probably been there four or five times. I, I think same. I, think I briefly been there. studied abroad there. <laughs> I didn't study abroad there, but I have done multiple trips over there. I've even gone for like a long weekend. Like, man, I just want to go to London, look on flights. You find a cheap flight. Like, all right, I'm going to go for the weekend. Well, plus if you're a trader in London, you can wear the wackiest suits you want. You know, it's just a, it's, it's just a, uh, it's a competition to see who can get the, uh, more patterns on top of each other and the you know very fashionable folk there when i was a little kid we went to london and it was the first time and only time my suitcase has ever been lost completely lost at all we were going uh we were going to london for a week and then italy for a month and a half i had every bit of clothing i've ever knew we got to london i had no clothes and we were supposed to go out to a nice dinner and uh, play that night and my dad took me shopping and the European fashion with like the skinny jeans and the tight clothes hadn't really made it to America yet. And I got my first ever pair of skinny jeans when I was like, gosh, I was probably 12 years old in London. And uh, so they I lost. have never bought skinny jeans again. <laughs> they lost. I'm trying to put the right year. They lost all your uh, Abercrombie and Fitch graphic yeah, jeans. exactly. And now you're dressed like uh, Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. just say skinny jeans and me don't fit. Yeah, well, I think we're all, uh, yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I think we're all looking forward uh, to uh, <laughs> getting out and being able to travel again sometime soon. So maybe oh that's gosh, where this yeah. is going. But uh, yeah, thanks again to Jake. And um, we'll be back next week with uh, presumably, I think, probably a panel episode we'll be doing with MP 
Um, but if it's not, this isn't a promise. This is just what I know. So hey, we're just spitballing here. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, it's Thursday, so uh, start gearing up for the weekend. Have a good one. Namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.